Welcome to Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P. I'm Dr. T, a licensed clinical psychologist in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Dr. P, a professor of psychology in Ventura, California. Welcome and thank you for joining us. The purpose of this podcast is to bridge our love of all things psychology with our love of all things reality television. Starting out for our first podcast, we're going to recap the newest season of 90 Day Fiance, The Other Way. So welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. T. And this is Dr. P. We've missed you all. Um, and hopefully you've missed us, too. So we are sorry about last week, but this week we have two episodes to cover of 90 Day Fiance the other way. So we have a lot to get through. So why don't we go ahead and get started with our first couple. Let's jump on in. So um, we're going to start off this week with Ariella and Benium. So they've been enjoying Ethiopia. Her mom had been, you know, adjusting and, you know, grilling Benium about, um, you know, his past relationships and, and how he's going to support the family. So when they opened up uh, from last week, you know, he was talking with his family about, you know, their interactions with Ariella and her mom. And after they had all had the, you know, the family dinner together, and they were really trying to ask Benium, you know, sort of how he felt things were going and, you know, mm-hmm. was he feeling comfortable? Did he feel supported? And um, it started off where they were sort of like everyone felt like uh, Ariella was really supportive of, of his career, given that she had, you know, been to see him dance and she was sort of okay with that, at least from what she expressed to him. But then the sisters, which really surprised and shocked me, was like, well, we would rather he marry uh, Ethiopian um, mm-hmm. woman and that they have some, you know, difficulties in terms of like the cultural differences and uh, there's some religious differences. And so they were really questioning whether that was the best relationship and how that might work uh, with mm-hmm. them. And so I thought that was really interesting. And then the other part about, you know, raising a child and obviously like religion is one of those things that comes up with couples that could be really tricky. And so mm-hmm. he took Ariella to his um, church because he wanted her to learn about, you know, baptizing um, the baby and she, um, she's Jewish. And so she needed to learn about, you know, his, his religion and culture. And they got to the church and basically the pastor was saying that, you know, for the baby to be baptized, that Ariella also, has to be, you know, baptized. She has to be a Christian because the baby needs to, you know, suckle, suckle from the <laughs> <laughs> needs to suckle from a Christian breast. <laughs> yes, that was I. You know, that was a really tough conversation for me because I felt like they they should have touched on like I get like at the beginning of relationships. You know, religion is one of those things that people say don't talk about. You know, at the early stage of dating, but at this point, like I feel like they should have had that conversation about you know religion and about the baby so I just don't know how that's gonna go yeah it was it was uh, it was interesting to me because there was a moment where I really felt sad for them and this was after they left the church and when they were talking to each other they really at at least from Binyam's side he was saying how he didn't want to fight about this he didn't want to fight about religion and from Ariella's side it seems that she doesn't want to fight either it seems like they're kind of a no conflict kind of couple 
or they'd like to keep that, but that they really don't know how to overcome this because right. it seems like Ariel is not going to convert. So what exactly can happen then if this is right. so important? For but him? then I think, you know, earlier in the season, she talked about before she moved that her expectation was the baby was going to be, you know, you know, grow up in her religion and that, mm-hmm. and that was sort of going to guide that. So I thought that was also interesting, but also good that she was at least open to the idea of the child, you know, being baptized. Yeah. Um, but I think again, like that's a, it's a tough issue. And for some people, it could be a deal breaker, but I think part of what my understanding was it from it was that, you know, her parents are in an interfaith, you know, relationship and couple. And so mm-hmm. I think that may have made her maybe be more open to the idea about being with someone who yeah. was not, you know, from the same, you know, religious background that, that she was. But um, I don't know how they're going to navigate this. Yeah. And I also don't know if, if a part of what they end up choosing is to not have the child baptized, how his family is going to respond to that because they're all Orthodox Christian. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they even mentioned when they were, the siblings were, were with him, that religion and culture is really important. So I'd be curious to see how their attitudes might shift based on this. If they make a decision to just wait or to not baptize the child. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, you know, we've talked about how this is one of the couples that had a really good chance of making it, but yeah. I'm questioning that given ah. that. I just, I just feel like religion is one of those things that can be really tough. And I think that on some aspects, like if people um, have strong religious beliefs and, and are practicing actively, that they can be okay accepting that their partner maybe not be as active. But I think when both people are active in their own religion, I think then that could cause some tension in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I will say it was it was interesting and really nice to hear um, Biniam say when Ariella was asking him, well, I'm going to go with you to church. So are you going to come with me to synagogue? Mm-hmm. He was open and saying, yeah, I would go. So again, there's that openness to each other, but then also knowing that, okay, there's something we just don't know how to resolve so that I feel really bad about yeah. for them. So, I mean, I think there's still some hope there, but I do think that this this sort of the concerns around religion as well as some of the um i think financial things are going to be the two the two tough things that they're going to have to to navigate in order to to be able to have a successful uh relationship so we'll see what happens all right we'll see what happens so on to our next couple so we have kenneth and armando and I'm excited to talk about them because I feel like this is a happy place for me within the 90 day universe. And I want to protect it at all costs, this couple. <laughs> but but um, we, we see Kenneth is proposing. He's getting ready to propose to Armando and it's a secret. And he has his, two of his daughters fly down and Armando has never met them. And he tricks Armando into going to a restaurant to have a dinner. And let me tell you, here's what I appreciate. Kenneth told him to go ahead and dress up mm-hmm. because it's going to be a nice dinner. If I'm being proposed to and it's a special occasion, I would hope that someone would tell me to dress up as well. So I appreciated his thoughtfulness. It was the extra, extra thought. Um, but before they uh, had the proposal, we get a little bit more background of Kenneth and 
kind of how Kenneth uh, is experiencing his own identity and his relationship. And he talked about how when Kenneth came out, he came out during the height of the AIDS crisis in the 80s, and that he really was wishing that he could show those people that he knew that had passed on that things were going to get better that they were going to be able to live their lives like this and get married. And, and that was particularly touching for me to see. Um, and then we also hear that Kenneth had been in some long-term relationships as well, but he never felt the way he did towards Armando with those other folks that he didn't feel like he wanted to get married. But whereas with Armando, he knew he wanted to marry him and wanted to be with him forever. So that was so beautiful. And, they go and they have their secret proposal. He gets down on one knee over overlooking these uh, cliffs and, and water and the beach. And he says, yes. And then they shoot some confetti, to which I was wondering who was going to clean up things. But they shoot some confetti. <laughs> Everyone's excited. And then their dinner turns out to be an engagement dinner. And they're, they just look so happy. They're, they're eating with a couple of friends and with Kenneth's daughters. And the conversation turns to what are things going to look like when Kenneth meets Armando's family, mm -hmm. as well as is Armando going to tell them that he got engaged? Which, you know, I, I could see that Kenneth was trying to be understanding, but Armando still just doesn't feel comfortable. And kind of from his perspective, it was that, well, it's going to be a lot for them to meet you for the first time. And so that might not be the best time to have this conversation that we're also engaged. Right. So, so I'm really curious to see what's going to happen then. One of the friends brought up something that I thought was really a good point in that Kenneth really gets along well with Armando's daughter so that perhaps if his parents sees their relationship, that they also will be more welcoming towards him mm -hmm. when they see how much he loves his daughter and how much his daughter loves Kenneth. So, but it, it looks like we're, we're slowly moving forward to meeting the family. And that yeah. seems to be kind of the next step that's going on with this couple. So I have one question, and that is, did you cry? <laughs> because I always have to ask. I might have shed a tear. I might have <laughs> shed a tear. I mean, it was, it was, so it was an emotional scene. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, you know, one of the things that I, I continue to, I think, see as a struggle for them is that Kenneth is having a real hard time understanding Armando's position in terms of where he is with that coming out process. And I think that wanting to have or wanting him to openly acknowledge to his parents the first time that they meet that he's also engaged is a lot for them to mm -hmm. do. Like that is just going to make it that much more difficult for them to be able to begin to accept the idea, you know, that he is in love with, with, with another man. And so I think that, you know, on one level, I understand his perspective about like wanting to make sure that they like understand the seriousness of his relationship. But obviously, mm -hmm. I think like if you move somewhere, like you have to be serious for <laughs> someone. Um, but I thought he was being a little bit too pushy. And, and I see I've seen that a couple of times throughout the season where like he had these moments and like he get us like in his head. Like if Armando doesn't like fully acknowledge him or doesn't want to engage in like PDA, that he doesn't, um, you know, love him or respect their relationship or something like that. And so I think like he has to get over his, I don't know if it's insecurity, but I feel like on mm -hmm. some level, like he does, he feels 
you know, it's a cure that he has to have all of this, you know, affection and things like that from Armando to like honor their relationship. When I feel like he, he is truly in love with, you know, Kenneth, but he has to also navigate, you know, his culture inside of where they are. Yeah. I mean, and I think that, you know, there's still that piece too of their age difference. And I think that's mm. playing a role in this as far as their degree of outness, you know, Kenneth has even said himself that he's been out for a longer period of time than Armando has. And so that's, that's a big difference as far as what their expectations might be and, and what their comfort level is. Um, I, I think, I think Kenneth is trying to be patient, but um, I worry that he might push Armando a little too far. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also worried if the family isn't receptive of Kenneth, how Kenneth is going to respond to that. Um, you know, he, if he is, if he's going to say, Armando, let's keep trying with your family or is, if he's going to say, well, let's kind of disengage from your family. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm ready for them to meet the family. I yeah, want to no, see how I, yeah, that will get played be, out. That would definitely be a true test about how open Kenneth is to like giving Armando and his family some time to like accept, you know, where he is in terms of his life and, and the transition with, with the daughter as well. Mm -hmm. Well, this is our couple to watch. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I think there's still some, I think they are probably, again, one of the couples that have the greatest potential to be able to be successful. But I think as all of the couples have some challenges to get through, um, I think they are probably they have a better chance than some of the other couples. Which speaks of, let's talk about Brittany and Yaza. Oh, beautiful Brittany. <laughs> Which I, I mean, there's a lot here, you know, over the last couple of weeks that I just, I have a lot of questions about their relationship and, and we'll get into that. So <laughs> Brittany has been in Jordan for a couple of weeks now and, you know, she shifted a little bit in being more open to learning about Islam and about what it is to be Muslim and about his culture. And so I was actually surprised, you know, she wore the hijab again, which, you know, a couple mm -hmm. weeks ago, she was like, I'm never wearing this again. You're messing up my good wigs. Um, but she <laughs> and then, to which I'm still back to, why are you wearing the wig, girl? You don't have to put, <laughs> go ahead, sorry. So they, they go out um, and she's open to learning more about, you know, his culture. So he takes her to the mosque. And although she doesn't um, speak, the language she is willing to at least go in and sort of understand, um, you know, how they practice, you know, his religion. And after they get back, they're both in a really good mood. And this is sort of one of the, I think, few episodes where they've actually not argued um, at some point. Yeah. Last so um, they had a really good interaction, and they come back. They come back to the house, and then he teaches her. You know, he wants to teach her how to wash her face so that she can be pure and, and that they can engage in prayer. Um, five times a day and she's like <laughs> he's like her face is beat <laughs> yes, like, I, I don't know about doing this one time today um but she did it and, and then they, they begin to pray and he tells her that you know you can ask for whatever you want and she's like well can I ask your parents to like me and he's like <laughs> sure <laughs> and so I'm like okay we'll see we'll see how that goes and so they continue they go to the restaurant um to talk and then as most of the time, um, there's a quick um, change in their, 
um, levels of happiness and there comes more frustration when he brings up the idea about you know her converted um to being muslim or to be uh, muslim again and basically giving her like an ultimatum that you know you have three days and she's like she blows up you know of course which i i you know i agree with her reaction i think that you know you can't expect someone to like make a huge decision about their religion and mm -hmm. short of a period especially when you don't know much about the religion and what are this the aspects of it um and so after she storms off she you know calms down a little bit and comes back to at least have a conversation um with him about that and, and he decides that you know he's going to give her some room to maybe you know not sort of force her you know about the religion but it came up that you know he also is feeling pressured you know by his parents mm -hmm. to make some decisions because you can't really just like date and be boyfriend and girlfriend you have to you, you have to be married um and so that issue sort of came back up um for them and then he the next day i think they decided you know this week's episode that they were going to go meet with his parents and obviously um she was reluctant to do that because of the last time they had they met his parents that was a blow up and you know his mom engaged in some harsh name calling which really surprised me um mm -hmm. so she was really nervous about that but she she dressed up she she put the abaya on and the hijab and she was ready to go please his parents and and be you know a good muslim woman can i add something here my favorite line of this particular episode was when Brittany said uh, that his parents think I'm playing games with their son, but it's not true. Brittany, girl, you are still married. I cannot wait until his mother finds out this information and she will, I guarantee, will say, I knew this. I knew there was something. They, they're right. There is something going on. And she's kind of gaslighting them of, no, there's nothing going on. I love your son. This is kind of your problems. But I, I, no, I, I, I had that in my notes, actually, to bring that up, too, because I think, like, you know, so they, they meet his parents and they have a conversation. The uncle is there and he somehow convinces them that, you know, you don't want them to get into a relationship or marriage, rather, um, and her not understand their traditions and culture. And then basically they end up getting divorced. And so somehow by the uncle expressing that to, you know, Yazan's parents, that they decided that okay that's a good we want them to be happy we want you to you have a, a good marriage but you know the issue around you know converting and, and the timeline to get married you know is something that's important to them and so i think Brittany was happy when they gave them that flexibility but again like you brought up um my question is like when is going to be like when is this good time you know air quotation marks to bring mm -hmm. up that you still have to get a divorce and I, again, I think I've been questioning over the last couple of weeks, you know, has she had this conversation with Yazan and maybe they just haven't talked with his parents about it? Or is he also in the dark about the fact that she is still married? Well, and the other thing that I could not understand was they seemed to be relieved that they were going to be given more time until Brittany's father comes to mm -hmm. Jordan, which I don't remember Brittany talking about her father coming to Jordan. I don't know if her father agreed to come to Jordan, but that he's supposed to come in a month. And then if he gives permission, then they'll get married. But again, is she going to be divorced in a month? 
is she is her father going to give her is her father even coming or will they give permission i just feel like it's extending out the inevitable thing that's going to have to happen which is she has to admit that she's married right and and i think we haven't seen much come up about her her father in the last couple of episodes but i do know like when they had the blow up she was mentioning she wanted her dad you know to come obviously we don't know the details of like what was that timeline like but Again, like they only gave her, I think a month, as you said, to like mm-hmm. get to know the culture and the traditions and, and sort of make a decision about if they are going to be together. Um, but she's not gonna be able to get a divorce in a month. I mean, I don't know how divorces work, but I don't think they happen that quickly. So. Well, and also I forget how long she had been with him, but for some reason it had already extended out a while that she hadn't gotten the divorce. So yeah, within a month, it's not gonna happen. It's yeah. not. I think she's waiting to get back to the United States and then telling him over the phone. I think, I, I have a feeling, you know, and you know, maybe TLC is frauding us, I don't know. I have a feeling that she is not trying to be in Jordan and telling him face to face that she's still married and letting yeah. his family know, so. And, and, and the other part I also think is that you know, although she's expressed that she wants to learn about, you know, Islam and about what it is to, to be like to be Muslim, um, I don't think she honestly wants to convert. And so I think that's also another thing that, you know, she she is possibly hoping that, you know, he's going to change his mind. But as he said, like, you know, you don't have to be Muslim, but my wife has to be Muslim. So. <laughs> Which is the same. <laughs> around like that but that's what he was saying so we'll see if she decides that she wants to to be muslim but that she has to get her divorce first yeah yeah oh Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. speaking of divorces we have jenny and submit next and submit is still in the process of getting his divorce um we actually have them this week together in their apartment and they decided to paint an accent wall to i guess um detract from how their apartment <laughs> looks or how their home looks um did you, see the wall they did you see the wall they painted i did see the wall i would never have them paint anything of mine that was terrible it was horrible i can't even paint but i feel like i could paint better than that but well, i mean i'm a, i i'm a painter but I don't know if I, I think my wall would have looked better than the wall that they painted. I know. Well, yeah. I mean, he did a good job picking the colors. Like, the colors, you know, they matched together, but, like, that hand mixing clearly did not work. It, it did not mix all the pigments together. It was not even. Um, but as they're doing this and painting the wall together, which is a cute activity for them to do as a couple, I did find this to be an adorable scene because they're very uh, – humorous with each other and loving like i can tell that they love each other right. you know so that was great um but submit this was a short scene and submit basically had let jenny know that he had spoken to his brother and that submit's parents are ready to talk um however jenny was a little worried about one where are they going to talk and it turns out submit's going to go to the parents house and two, she was worried about, well, if you go to the parents' house, are they going to try to keep you again? Kind of kidnap you and just, you know, <laughs> keep you away from me. She's traumatized. She's really traumatized from what happened last time. 
when they just, you know, the entire family showed up at the apartment and kind of just took him. So she's worried about that happening again. Um, and, and basically, you know, Samit was talking about how he is getting some support from his parents right now, which, which is that they're supporting him getting divorced. Right. But beyond that, they don't seem to care about his happiness. And we're starting to see like Samit, you know, really express some frustration and maybe even mm-hmm. anger towards his parents about just not getting on the same page of just supporting who he is and who he loves. Yeah. Um, so, so they kind of end this, you know, little short scene. They end with discussing whether or not having a conversation with his parents will fix anything. Yeah. And, and I think that not to cut you off, but I mm-hmm. think that's one of the things where I feel like the importance of their cultural norms are really significant. And mm-hmm. I don't know if Jenny understands the, the weight of the norms and how that, that is really important to their decision-making around marriage. Because I think even when she brought up the idea about, you know, are they going to try to keep you? Um, like he said, you know, he, his response wasn't very reassuring. I would say that. Mm-hmm. And I got the sense that it, there's a possibility that they might actually try to like keep him. And so mm-hmm. what is going to happen in that situation? And even if they don't decide to keep him, I think there is, it's a long shot for them to like approve them getting married. So I think that goes back to questions that we've talked about before is that, you know, is he prepared that, you know, he loves her that much that he's going to be willing to like lose his family over their relationship. Yeah. You know, one thing I wonder, you know, I, while I can't imagine dating someone with a 30 year age difference, who knows? I can't imagine it, but I would think if I were dating someone of 30 year age difference that, you know, culturally came from a strong family, I personally would be worried about, you know, I'm going to go sometime, probably I'll go before my partner. And what if I go and my partner doesn't have family anymore? Mm-hmm. You know, what is that going to look like? Who's going to take care of them? Um, so I wonder if that crosses her mind at all that, you know, him getting rejected by his parents may also include his entire family. And, you know, in the likelihood, I know we don't like to think about this, but given the big difference, I mean, she'll be around for a while, but still, right. you know, if, if she's gone, you know, he has to be able to connect with family and, and have those connections. So I, I just wonder if she thinks about that. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm definitely looking to see um, how the meeting with his parents go. Mm-hmm. And um, if Jenny is able to, in so many words, like keep her cool. Yeah. <laughs> keep having this conversation with his parents, um, especially if they like express, you know, some dissatisfaction with their relationship, because I think Jenny has the potential to be very matter of fact, and that may not <laughs> sit mm-hmm. well with his parents. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they meet in a public place where maybe he'll be less likely to get snatched. So I hope for them. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I, again, they have been one of my, one of the most interesting couples, I think for me, um, this mm. season, um, given, you know, some of the cultural dynamics that are impacting their relationship and also, um, you know, some of the age differences that they're navigating. So um, yeah. looking forward to the rest of their season. Yeah. So let's jump over to Colombia and talk about Tim and Melisa. So, Medellin. 
we've seen um, Tim, you know, have some interactions with Melissa's parents over the last couple of episodes and sort of um, alluded to the infidelity and something bad happening. Um, and they decide that, you know, he really wants to like have a, like a one-on-one conversation without her mom present to really talk, you know, with, with her dad because he feels like he's, you know, established this relationship um, with them. And um, he wants to sort of, you know, sort of have a man-to-man conversation in so many words to let him know, like, you know, he really cares about their bond that they begin to establish, but that he's made this mistake of, of having infidelity. So they meet up with um, her dad for drinks. And, you know, obviously both of them are nervous for different reasons. Um, Melisa definitely being nervous about, you know, her dad's position on their relationship. And as she talked about before, um, she's not sure if she could move forward with their relationship if her parents, you know, don't give them some sort of support. So they sit down um, with her dad for drinks and um, dad is basically like, okay, so (laughs) what are we here for in so many words? And, um, you know, Tim tells her dad that he cheated and, um, dad was definitely not happy about that and basically expressed to to Tim that he felt like he was playing with his daughter and that he was playing with his family. And uh, his um, conclusion was that the best thing is for them to break up, um, given yeah. that infidelity. And so I think, as I've you know mentioned before, I think getting past infidelity is tough and Definitely, Melissa has been trying to be open um, about that, but I'm not sure if they can recover from that. And also, she talked about, you know, I, I don't know, she's giving me mixed signals because on one hand, she's like, she doesn't know if she can move forward with the relationship if her parents don't support it. But then after her dad was like, you know, you need to break up and whatnot, then she's like, well, I'm an adult and I can make my own decisions about my relationship. So I'm like, okay, so what do you want to do? I don't know anymore. <laughs> there might be something that's it, you know, it's one thing if you're dealing with infidelity and like deciding for yourself if you want to continue on with this person or if you don't or kind of where you're going to approach. It's another thing to get feedback from other people and feel like someone is making you go into a certain direction. So I could kind of see how how she might say, okay, well, all right, I, I'm not going to go too hard on that end of let's end everything, but I'm trying to work it out. Um, so I could see that part. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, like, I think for them to be able to move forward, I'm hoping that at this point she has all of the information that she needs to know about sort of the process of the infidelity occurring, that she can now just sort of give him opportunities to demonstrate that he can be, you know, honest and truthful and trustworthy and, and restore that trust back. Um, but if she doesn't, like we, we know that, you know, one of the biggest things about relationships is that if there isn't trust, there is no relationship. And so if she can't get that trust back, it's going to be really hard for them to have any, you know, relationship. Well, and do you really think it's going to happen this season versus this being something that is long term for him to be working on? I, I definitely think it's going to take longer than this season. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it takes... It takes years, I mean months, I would say, for people to like get that trust back. I, I can think back to my own like dating 
experiences that, you know, in past relationships um, where I was cheated on that, that mm. like, it took me a while to, even once I was done with that person that broke up and moved on, in order for me to open up fully to someone else, like it took me a while to like let my walls down again to fully trust people. So I can definitely say that it's gonna take them longer than what, you know, TLC is recording for them to sort of get mm. But she can say, okay, I, I'm in a place where I feel like, you know, this relationship is solid again. You know, one thing that comes to mind when I think about this couple, especially after this particular episode, is, is it beneficial when infidelity has occurred with a couple? Is it beneficial for one or more in the relationship to share this information with others? and kind of solicit their feedback, like telling family members, or is it best to try to work on that relationship and maybe at a later date, tell folks? Yeah, I'm yeah that's a good point. Not sure I, mean, I think, I mean, I'm gonna pull from my psychologist, my therapist toolkit um, <laughs> mm -hmm. from that perspective. I think that, you. Sh I think you should. I mean, obviously I think, on some levels, you may talk to like a best friend about some of this and get that perspective. Yeah. But I think in terms of like family members, parents particularly, I think that is just not a good good place to put them into that position because they also, I mean, obviously like they're looking out for your best interest, but I think it's gonna make it hard for that person to have any, like your partner to have any chance of establishing a good relationship with your family. If like oh, this yeah. is all that's in the back of their mind that they're thinking about. And I think family members, have a much harder time letting go of some of those things than you may be as the person in that relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't, I, I kind of, I, I see why Melisa shared this with her parents because it seems that they're very close and yeah. maybe she didn't want to feel like she's lying or, or, you know, um, being deceptive by not sharing this with them, especially because they liked him so much. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why she shared this information, but I just see this as making it harder for the couple to move forward wow. with kind of additional folks now involved. So. I completely agree. So we'll see um, how things turn out, but I, I don't have a lot of hope for them. This is one couple that I feel like um, they're not going to make it, but maybe yeah. I'm just um, I'm kind of with you on this. <laughs> we'll see, though. But I'm with you on this. Anything one. is possible. <laughs> Anything is possible. We, there's always surprises to happen. Um, Let's talk so, about our last couple. Yes. Devin and Jihoon. So we basically have them starting out by they have found a new apartment. You know, their first apartment. Jihoon hadn't checked it. It was in a bad neighborhood. Everybody, including the in-laws, did not like it. Um, they find a new apartment to stay for the next month, and everyone is happy. Mm -hmm. uh, Devin is happy. Her mother's happy. Jihoon and his parents are happy. But they only have one month, and Jihoon needs to find another place. Jihoon has a lot of work that he needs to do. Yeah. He needs to get his finances in order. He needs to learn how to use a bank, a checking account his own he needs to also find them another apartment um, yeah <laughs> but this apartment is nicer and it has a playground and so we see uh the in-laws and the family go out in the play yard um his jihoon's mother i think she needs to get a best supporting uh <laughs> cast member 
<laughs> um, because the shade <laughs> that she throws is great. She always, you know, and she does it with a smile, and mm -hmm. she does it in, the, in her language, too. So she kind of says it nice, and that translator app doesn't get the, uh, the sarcasm that she's trying to, she says sometimes. So that's interesting. Um, but they spend some time in this park, and they talk about Jihoon needing to step up, and um, Devin is saying that the in-laws need to up a little bit, which I'm glad she did do that, and I hope she means that towards her own mother as well. Yeah. And they end things nicely, and we see them kind of walking back to the apartment, and Jihoon is holding on to Drusilla, and we hear Drusilla say, put me down. I guess he does. And then all of a sudden you see everyone running. So it's, it turns out to be, you know, a parent's, one of parents' uh, biggest nightmares that their kid might get hurt. Drusilla apparently was running into the street and Jihoon was running, Jihoon and everyone were running after her. And finally they did catch her, caught up to her. And then it hit the fan. Yeah. Devin is upset. Devin's mother is upset. Everybody's crying. People are yelling. Um, apparently, when Jihoon was running, uh, Devin was yelling at him about getting Drusilla, and he engaged with her yelling back because it upset him. And for Devin's point of view, it was, look, Drusilla should have been the person that was on your mind. You shouldn't have had to stop and look back at me or talk to me. You should have just been focused on her. Right. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, some themes that seem to come up is, you know, what's Drusilla's relationship with Jihoon? Is he really like, you know, what's his role as stepdad? Is he more fatherly? How much does he care for her? That's what seemed to be coming up for, mm -hmm. for Devin about, you know, how much do you really care about her? And Jihoon is saying that he sees Drusilla as his child. Yeah. And and he he loves her and and he's obviously affected. So this is where I have a point of contention. This man is obviously it scared him that she almost got hurt. It scared him that he had her and she ran. He's tearful, he's upset. That should be the lesson. Right. But then Devin comes in and talks about, you know, this is on the heels of talking about him being needing to be more responsible. And so she just sees it as evidence of him not being responsible. Right. Um, she is not moved by his tears and sees it as another reason or another sign of him not being ready to have a family. Eventually she forgives him, but to the camera, she's saying he still needs to step it up. So it doesn't seem like she's truly forgiven him. She's still, um, he seems to still be on thin ice. Right. And, and that's the part, not to interrupt, I think that's the sure. part for me that I just have a, I don't know, I just struggle making sense of it because I, I feel like like she's already only given him 30 days to get it together and I just I just don't see that happening. And yeah. I mean, he has a lot of growing up to do in 30 days and to, to show some responsibility. The responsibility part, I think he can make some progress on if he can get a job. But mm. the other part about, like, just, like, being, he's very self-absorbed right now. Like, that's going to take some time for him yeah. to, like, get past. And he's going to need a good therapist to get over that in 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, who's not really helping him with this? His mama. His mom <laughs> doesn't see much wrong with him. Um, 
she was kind of sticking up for him at one point she she was commenting that she worries if this is going to be his life if he's going to be unhappy and they're just going to argue all the time or if yeah. he will ever be happy um but as far as the other in-law Devin's mom you know she is not happy uh Jihoon tries to apologize to her and she kind of goes off on him I mean she she starts with her hands on her hips um I noticed her and Devin they really sound very similar and they they're very even how they talk in the translator app it sounds the same same pattern um the same frown and i can tell that the mother is is probably still shook by what happened you know you can tell she's she's emotional she's upset but i feel like it was a bit too much you know it seemed like this was an accident this can happen to parents where you know you have you know you you have your kids hand they slip out kids run you know drusilla is a little bit wild you know (laughs) so (laughs) you know it it seemed like an accident that he was truly sorry for so i don't really get the continuing to kind of beat this message in about how bad he did i don't know if you feel any way about that no no i agree i think that obviously i think they are looking at the fact that he has made a lot of um, bad decisions in the last couple Mm of, in the last year, I guess. Um, And so I think that they are holding on to all of these other things that he's felt short on. And so I think Mm -hmm. that um, not catching Drusilla, because he ran after her, but not catching Drusilla um, before she got to the street was one of those things that they could just say, well, this is like a this is like an example that I think everybody could understand. Like you don't want a child to get harmed. And so like, they mm-hmm. want to just use that as an opportunity to say like, you're, you're not stepping up, you know, as a parent. And so this is, this is a really clear example that if you do something where she gets hurt then um, we're not going to be happy. And, and, and um, Alicia's response, which I don't know how to, t- I mean, I get it. She was emotional. She was frustrated and she was angry, but to like the threat, you know, if you if you if she, if she hurt her, I'm gonna kill you. I was like, okay, that might have been a little bit, you know, too extreme. And I, I'm hoping that it was just some words, but I think again, like that, she could have said that differently to him, you know, in that moment. Again, no parent is perfect, and I and I can imagine that her raising a child that she's done some things that she can look back on and say that wasn't maybe my best, you know, reaction or response in that situation. So I thought she was a little bit harsh on Jihoon. Yeah. And she, I totally agree. And she also did something that Devin did. Again, this theme about kind of what's Jihoon's relationship with Drusilla, because she brought up, well, what if this were your son? You know, how would you respond if this were your son? And so it kind of presented this, you may treat Drusilla differently because she talked about her grandchild and you must protect her grandchild, Drusilla. But her grandchild is also Taeyong. So that was interesting. The way Taeyong was brought in was more of he's Jihoon's son mm-hmm. versus how are you treating Drusilla? So I'm going to be curious if this theme comes up again with yeah. the relationship with Drusilla because this was the first time that I think I've heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. So, Dr. Page. Yes, Dr. Turner. It's that time in the show. Yep, it's time for The Page Turner, where we share what we're most looking forward to in next week's episode. 
So let's get into the page turner, although we've had a lot of things to talk about. (laughs) From this week's episode, um, what are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the supporting cast members, uh, specifically Ji Hoon's mom, because it looks like she is going to uh, be giving some lessons to Devin, and it sounds like she's already throwing shade. So I'm ready to see this. Ji Hoon's mom, for sure. Yeah, mom is mom. Ji Hoon's mom is very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see what happens with that. You know, there are two couples I'm sort of torn about mm-hmm. for next week in terms of what I'm looking forward to on one level. I'm interested to see what happens with Yazan and Brittany. Um, and then on the other level, I'm inter- interested to see what happens with Ariella and Biniam. And yeah. um, I think more for, for Ariella and Biniam, you know, this is the first time that I've seen her, you know, in the previews sort of break down about, you know, living there in Ethiopia. And so um, I'm, looking forward to see like how they navigate you know mom is her mom is leaving going back to the states and so now she's there just with him and she's like i'm not looking forward to being alone with you and i was like okay i don't know where this is gonna go so i think i'm interested to see what happens with ariel and Biniam next week yeah me too well we hope that you guys also have some interesting comments feel free to comment and let us know on the page what you're looking forward to as well and we will see you or talk to you on next week. Bye all. Thank you for listening to Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P. Give us your thoughts. Was it good for you? What other shows would you like to see us recap? Be sure to like us on Facebook and also share the episodes. Thanks for joining us and join us next time on Psych in Reality with Dr. T and Dr. P.